welcome to Nimbus Magnifica. And for episode three, we are covering Six Gunterra. And in case you haven't had a chance to finish the book, we have a Gabby here with a short description. Yes. Nevada, 1869. Golgotha is a kennel town that hides more than its share of unnatural secrets. A haven for the blessed and damned. Golgotha has known many strange events, but nothing like the darkness stirring in the abandoned mine overlooking the town. An ancient evil is spilling into the world. And unless it is stopped, the world will have seen its last dawn. And if you want to find us online, um, check out nimbusmagnifica.wordpress.com. You can send your comments and your questions to nimbusmagnifica at gmail.com. And if you want to reach out on Twitter, you can find us at nimbusmagnifica. You can find Ed at Edward Giordano. You can find Gabby at Brief Starshine, and I'm at Tiff Langston, and we hope to hear from you soon. Yay! Enjoy the show. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Cue music. Welcome to Nimbus Magnifica, episode three, and I am joined by Tiffany and Gabby. Yay! We are still down one. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we are without Shira. She's—I don't know what's going on with her. Not nothing's wrong with her. She's she texted me very promptly at seven o'clock, saying that she couldn't make it because her internet's been down all day, and that she finished the book and that she's sorry. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, that's what... Sounds like a flimsy excuse to me, Shira. Oh, yeah. Totes. Totes. One day the four of us will be united for real. For real. For real. And, well, I doubt anyone who's listening to this missed, but we did uh, We did an impromptu episode two about the Hugo winning short story of, of... See, I don't even know if it's of 2012 or 2013, me still. Of last season. I should have looked that up. <laughs> but so so that was that was a good discussion right tiffany it was it was good. i think so it was fun it was fun yeah uh, i was glad to have to have julia on and it was, it was and then we did two hugo award-winning stories back to back and now we're doing something that definitely won't be winning any hugo awards this year who knows we might be we i might be wrong who knows, who knows? <laughs> what, what if we find out that it's like Everyone loves it, and we we we're the weird ones. Wait, you you were the one who said that you picked the book because of the really good reviews on Amazon, no, right? No, I pick no, I pick the book because I like the author in his interview on his on the podcast called Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing. That's why I really liked his interview. His interview was really good. He sold me on the book. When they're like, "Tell me about your book," and he's like, "Well, it's about this cool western town, but it's not like that. No, it's all steampunk and." 
mythology and all this other stuff going on in the background and it's awesome and it comes together in such an awesome way it's awesome i don't know that's not really his direct quote but he made me believe he's like oh he was like oh people say that like the town is really lively and you could feel like you live there by the time you finish the book and everything's just so good well okay so i just looked at the amazon reviews and they really does i mean the worst you know how they pick like one good review and one bad review the bad review the title of it is very cool with some unexplored potential and it's three stars so there are no one star reviews for this book on Hmm. amazon so it has got some good reviews gabby how have things been the past month and a half before (laughs) well it's been it's been i don't know it's been fine are you still liking your new apartment loving loving my new apartment i've gone on a couple of uh little excursions back i'm home up to albany to visit family and recently i've managed to um once i realized i had three weeks to get ready for a 10k race and a 5k obstacle race the next day that i haven't trained i've managed to injure myself so now my back's all jacked up and i'm highly medicated this evening so that's fun you say that like it's a bad thing (laughs) well I was also medicated a lot while I was trying to read Six Gun Terra. <laughs> hey, hey, that could have increased it, your enjoyment it, of the book. Don't indeed. deny it. Well, it made me read more of it than when I wasn't medicated. Yay! It increased your enjoyment Yay! of the book. <laughs> so, okay, for the record, this is the last time I get sold on a book just because the offer gives a really, he gave a really good interview. <laughs> I challenge you to listen to his episode of, of Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing and tell me that you don't want to read that book because okay. he made it sound awesome. <laughs> For the record. For the record. Well, I'll take that challenge. Well, I still need to read the book. <laughs> well, <laughs> Tiffany's ahead of the game. So. I mean, full disclosure, I did not finish it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go yeah. next because I don't because I because Tiffany's the exciting one of the three of us right now. Uh, with me. Oh, pressure. I well, not really. All you have to do is talk about how <laughs> awesome your life is. That's all you have to say. Like, oh, so much pressure. Whatever you say, Blair. Uh, what was her name on Gossip Girl? Blair. I don't know. Whatever. Rich Blair lady. Is that like a uh, Blair Witch Project spinoff? Why are uh, all the rich girls named Blair? Wasn't Blair the rich one in the Facts of Life too? Probably. Is it like Windermere? I don't yes. know. Yes. I didn't do anything that exciting. I, I've been working out a lot. That is the that is what's going on. I've been binge watching Survivor. That's something else I've been doing. I just got done watching Survivor Heroes vs. Villains <laughs> for the first time. Because I decided I'm going to start watching Survivor again. Because I'm like kind of my Big Brother fix is gone until February for Big Brother Canada 2. So I'm like, oh, I, I'm like, I, need, I need like a reality show that isn't a music reality competition because I have enough of those. And so I'm watching Survivor 27. And I realized in watching Survivor 27, the last season of Survivor I watched was Survivor 13. So I'm like, I have a whole lot to catch up on. So... I'm working on, I just did Heroes <laughs> Villains, and now I'm doing Token Chains, and then I'm going to do Micronesia, and then I'm going to do Karamoan. I think those, and then maybe China after that. So, so yay, Survivor. And, yeah. you know, Survivor is great motivation to keep working <laughs> out, because everyone's so freaking healthy and ripped and stuff. I'm like, I'm like watching it, and I'm like, oh, I should take a break and do some jumping jacks or something, because look at me. <laughs> look at this body. I eat out. Um, hey, I've got a question for you. <laughs> you... You said that um, you were no longer saving to go on a cruise. You were saving for something else. Do you care to share what it is you're saving for instead of going on a cruise? I'm contemplating making a move next year. Ooh. Contemplating. Ooh. Contemplating. 
So I want to do a cruise and I found some good cruise rates, but I don't, it just, it doesn't make sense to do both in the same year, like, and not have any savings when I get there. <laughs> right. I le- let me tell you this. Um, the last cruise I took, my husband and I went on a seven day Caribbean cruise. We went to Dominican Republic. We went to a uh, U.S. Virgin Island, St. John, Tortola, which is a British Virgin Island, and Half Moon Cay in the Bahamas. And it was $3.99 before taxes. Dang. It, it just depends on when you travel. Because if you go, we went. Yeah, it's all, the, it's all about going on off season. I want to go we on went, off season. We went in January, like the week after New Year's, and the prices are really low because no one has any money because you already spent all your money for Christmas and stuff. Um, so if you go between January to February, but not during um, Valentine's Day or in like October, November, but not during Thanksgiving, you can go seven, nine days for less than 500 bucks. It's, it's I mean, really, I, I, really I found reasonable. Okay. No joke. I saw on Expedia a couple days ago, I saw a. 11 day cruise for 299 but it left September 30th like it was <laughs> so I was like oh shit if I could just take 11 days off that's can I also make a suggestion to you the first time that you go on a cruise I would actually suggest you don't go for 11 days especially if you don't know how seasick you get because being stuck on that boat for that long could be problematic if you're not used to it. Just it's true. I'm. I guess I'm hope. I guess I'm optimistic that I'll be okay. I mean, I didn't do any. I didn't purchase anything. So I was just looking at. it. I was like, you know, if I if I was just a working or like a, a house husband or something, and and I and and I, I would just go go be like, bye, honey. I'm going for eleven days on this cruise. T T Y L. It was it was a decent cruise too because it started in Amsterdam and it went to it went to Spain and Portugal and then oh you're New York. Uh, you got you found an eleven day European cruise for two nine that's impressive but wow. it, the problem right, is, but it, the expensive part is getting there obviously yeah like but it left on September thirtieth and I was looking at it on like September twenty fifth like mm-hmm. they were trying to sell we were trying to sell it you know last minute stuff so I mean <laughs> I see I'm like debating with see this is getting totally off discussion I'm sorry I'm sorry listeners um I'm debating if when I get pick do a cruise if i should just like should i be waiting to last minute like is that where the good deals come like they need to spell the seats no i think no i think a lot of the time it's the, the again like the price to get there like if you can because i know a friend of mine used to go get cruises crazy cheap all the time not necessarily last minute but we lived in jacksonville and it would leave from jacksonville right so you know so just a friend would drop her off you know, obviously, you're talking about a European cruise that leaves from from where? Amsterdam. <laughs> Amsterdam. So what's it like? So at last minute, what would that be like? Four thousand dollars for round trip tickets or something? I mean, it would be. Well, you only need a one way ticket. You only need a one way ticket because it because it it and it its arrival is New York City. Oh. So you need a one way to Amsterdam and then a one way from New York City oh, back New to wherever. Yeah. Yeah. To That's interesting. Okay. Sketchy. See, why, is it, we, why is that we, sketchy? I don't know. It sounds it sounds weird. Like you just need a one way ticket to somewhere really remote, and I swear we'll get you home. I promise <laughs> we'll get you there. And two ninety nine, you're gonna be in the baggage with for the baggage. I'm just saying. But, but the, the end of September kind of starts the off season, so I think that if let's say that you were looking and the same cruise in like June would be four times as expensive, even at the last minute. 
um, because that that's, you know, summertime is when everybody, you know, kids are off out of school and stuff and a lot of people are traveling. And so it's really difficult. It's very expensive to, to cruise during the summer. But um, I've always wanted to be like the type of person who could just get up one day and go, I feel like going to Spain and to go to the airport and oh, uh, do that. I but uh, I, I work for an, I work for a nonprofit. So no, that that's not happening. <laughs> well, speaking of profit, let's let's talk quickly about Sweden. How awesome was Sweden? Um, Sweden was <laughs> fantastic. I will tell you this though, just off of your um sort of a reality TV. Uh, I saw two things there that I had never seen before. I saw Dragon's Den, which is the British version of Shark Tank, which I've never seen Shark Tank. I mean, I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. But Dragon's Den is awesome. So if you're not familiar with the show, it's like where people who have like a business idea will pitch it to these millionaires and they can decide whether or not to fund their business idea. Mm -hmm. um, but Britain, just they're, they're like cutthroat. <laughs> it well, was the, really the American version is pretty cutthroat too. Like I, I watched a few American episodes, version. but the, but the British people have lovelier accents. I don't know. Oh, of course um, they do. And then, and then I saw Master Chef Australia with Swedish subtitles. Lol, awesome. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, but uh, it looked a lot like Master Chef US, but the sets were a little bit different. Uh, but yeah, I was like, why? Are, why? Is there not a Swedish version of Master Chef? I don't know. Anyway, well, did, you, did um, you watch? Did you watch Expedition Robinson? Because that's the S Swedish version of Survivor. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. But that sounds interesting. Hmm. But I don't watch the American version of Survivor because I'm one of I'm like one of the five people on on the planet. No, no watch one watches show. it anymore. No, you know what, what's crazy anymore. is I was looking at the ratings over time of Survivor, and the first season had like 54 million viewers. Like, whoa, that's Crazy. Yeah, but wait, how long ago was that? That was before that was 13, you know, ever thir ago. Thirteen before years Tivo ago. And, and Netflix and stuff. Um, but uh Sweden was great. Uh the weather was lovely. It was it was cooler there than it is here. It was probably in the mid to upper fifties for the most part, but they have fabulous public transit and um bought this thing called the City Pass, which gave you about a 72 hour city pass. You got all the public transit, tram, subway, buses, but it also gave you admission to like the majority of the museums as well. So that was good for huh. for being a being a tourist. Um they eat a lot of seafood. I had some herring. Herring is very fishy and tastes mm -hmm. very good. But it was also the start of lobster season. And so they have really delicious lobster and crawfish and shrimp. They also really like licorice. I mean, they really like licorice. <laughs> hey, hey, you bought me some licorice and I haven't gotten it I did. I mailed I... it on Thursday, but I didn't but mail excited. it priority. I'm excited. So, I'm um, excited. Oh, yeah, whatever. I'll get it when but, I get it. Uh, well, I went to a restaurant and they had creme brulee and the creme brulee of the day was licorice flavored. And I was like, that just oh. is terrible. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. So I don't know. But I, I brought back a lot of chocolate um, and cookies. <laughs> Because that's what, when I go to places, that's what I want, your candy and your cookies. Um, <laughs> but I, I was at a conference, and it was great. I mean, for conference things, they had, because it was a, a conference that was devoted to, like, food tourism, and there were a lot of, of food tourism people, they had a lot of social events that centered around food, which was great for me. Um, we, we had a beer tasting, we made bread in, like, a brick oven. It was really cool. So I had a good time, and I would highly suggest that if you have the opportunity to go to Gothenburg, Sweden, it, actually flying there wasn't terrible. I think when I bought my ticket, probably about six weeks before I left, it was about $800. So. Oh, wow. That's about the price of, like, flying cross-country here. 
So yeah, so it yeah. really it really just kind of depends. But uh, when I went there, I flew from Memphis to Detroit, Detroit to Paris, Paris to Gothenburg. So we were in Paris for like two hours and didn't really get to do much. And then on the way back, Gothenburg to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Detroit, Detroit to Memphis. Hey, you should have just stayed in Amsterdam and took the cruise back. <laughs> you were already there. I the, was, wasn't I? It's only two ninety nine. It was only two ninety nine. And they throw you in cargo hold, remember? So <laughs> free cargo fair. holds, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now is there a twenty four hour buffet with a cargo hold? Okay, okay. <laughs> now that we wasted, not wasted. There's no such thing as wasted time on Nimbus Magnifica. But now <laughs> that not. we are fifteen minutes into the episode and the book has only been vaguely mentioned, we should probably go into it. Um, I would like to uh, have a caveat that says our previous discussion was much more interesting than the book was. <laughs> Ooh. Now, now, I'm sorry. Is, uh, do, do you hate me for picking the book? I mean, it's okay. No. You can... no. no. But you should... Okay, but you said you, uh, you're going to listen to that episode of Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing and, and get I really, back? I really am. I will, but I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm tainted because I read the book. I should have done it before. Now I'm going to be like, me. But you listen to it and be like, like he makes it sound so good. I mean, it's always good to be a good salesman of your own work, of course. I don't know, but it, it was good. We've we've done we've done lots of modern fiction, and with our upcoming book picks, we're about to get into some classic. So all three of my picks were all modern. So that's some that's something. True. Uh, uh, Tiffany, what, what is November again? Uh, is November no- when we're doing Catching Fire. N- November November we're doing uh, Clock yes. Orange. And I want to do, oh, a, okay. and I want to do two episodes that month: one for Catching Fire the movie, and one for that. Okay, okay, gotcha. Sorry. Which I didn't talk to Gabby about or Shira, but <laughs> you're signed up. Yay, you did it! Congrats, Gabby. Um, you can get through uh, Princess of Mars first. I know Princess of Mars first. I'm excited for. I'm excited because free, I, I, free. I, I, I liked John Carter. I enjoyed the movie. That was the only reason I, I did the book is because I felt like the movie got a lot of, of horrible reviews and things, but I thought it was really good. Now, I, this book could be a thousand pages long. I really don't know, so I apologize. No, it, 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 we, are, we already discussed this. There's only like 200 something, right? We already discussed oh, good. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, see, I downloaded the book, but I haven't looked at it yet. But I thought, I but I, because I knew nothing about the book, I was just like, I want to do this book. And then I thought it could the book could be terrible it could be long it could be slow so any of that stuff that happens i apologize in advance <laughs> My bad. Yeah, oh yeah i definitely want to thank all the listeners who are reading along we, i've been getting a few fan messages so that's always great to hear would love more <laughs> so tiffany what do you think of the book huh okay <laughs> i'm sorry i thought the book took a very long time to get started I felt like all of the separate stories, it could have done with like two fewer storylines. I really, and, and we can get into discussion later about which ones, which we, because I already have an idea of which ones we could have just done without. And it, I mean, literally when you're still introducing new characters halfway through the book, that's a, it's a kind of a problem. Just, just a little, it's kind of a problem. I still, I'm going to give this, I would give this book a, three out of five i think that that's exactly where i'm at with the three out of five because there was parts of it i really liked and there's parts of it i was like omg will you just end already (laughs) so much so that gabby how was Uh your read of the book (laughs) i couldn't even get more than halfway through the book it was painful especially at the beginning where it seemed to describe 
Jim and Promise crossing the desert or See, whatever. See, that was one of the highlights of the beginning oh for me. Oh my god. For it was me. Like forever with the description of the it's hot and they're not feeling well and they're exhausted and whatever. And then all of a sudden, basically, we keep talking about Survivor. That's how this book was to me. It was like at the beginning of Survivor where there's too many characters. I like watching it partway through the season after they've filtered out the crap. And that's kind of... Unfortunately, what I couldn't do was filter out the crap. And I wanted to figure out, like, well, I, I just kept trying to push my way through, figuring, well, it must be important that they're introducing all these characters. But it was also so, like, I don't know, like, sporadic. Like, you'd be into something, they'd be explaining something. Then they'd be giving them a conversation, and then, boom, suddenly we're in a completely different location with completely different people. And it made no sense. There was no connectivity, and it completely just turned me off. I wish, in some ways, that the whole book was the second half of the book and and that we just learned everything that we learned in the first half of the book in backlashes. They used enough of flashbacks in that section anyway. I don't see why they couldn't have done that. Yeah. Because at least in the second half, stuff was happening. And I think that's I think that's my big problem with the first half of the book is that nothing... He's spending so much time getting all of our pieces in line while he ignores the fact that stuff actually needs to happen while you're getting those pieces in line. Otherwise, it just data dumping on us over and over and over. And it's oh, like, nothing's happening. And all I know is... And you keep giving you're giving me backflashes about these characters I don't care about. At least when they're like caught up in the turmoil. I will say by the end of the book, I was like, it was it was it was interesting to me that a lot of the heroes of this of this fantasy book were the heroes were a female, a gay man, and a half breed were essentially the heroes of this book. I feel like there's something to be said for that, if nothing of just me saying that. And I, I didn't, you know, and, and that's a good point. I didn't even think about that, but it was sort of the the people who were the the anti heroes were like for colonialistic white folks, and then the sort of people who would be considered the minorities at the time were the. I, I actually, now that you say that, I, I like this book a little bit more. Yay! <laughs> small victories, small victories. So I thought I thought that was interesting. From it's just like Emperor Soul, how the two the two strongest characters were female characters. Like it's like really great to see in this setting. And I was so afraid that for a long time that the gay character was going to be villainized. Like lots of things in the eighties. Like that was what the thing to do in the eighties, right? But he like yeah they he they pointed out bad things about the gay character, bad things that he did. But they also pointed about good things about him too, so it was a realistic. Yeah, I'm glad. I mean, of everything that I uh, that I read, that storyline was the one that meant the most to me, that I cared the most about. Like the mayor and his piano player boyfriend, and then he was also a Mormon, and he had these crazy wives, and I was like, oh my god, like that was super interesting. I didn't need to be hearing about, I don't know, some. Jim, who I don't care about, and then all of a sudden, boom! A conversation between what the devil and an angel or something out of nowhere. Like, hey, Lucifer! Lucifer and Bika's conversations are seriously my favorite. But it just out of nowhere. It was so bizarre. I'm like, am I reading a completely different book right now? I'm there, like, there was a point. Like there was a point in in when in the sort of midsection of the book. When I read 
a chapter, flipped back, read it again, and went, this is bananas. <laughs> bananas. And I'll tell you when it was. It was when the shopkeeper, Augie, who is also my, my dog's named Augie, goes Aww. upstairs, and the head of his wife is in a jug. And I was like a fish tank. And I'm like, what is going on here? I think this is crazy. That was the point where I was like, this is bonkers. Well, my bonkers moment was when the mayor's drunken wife was like, what, lured away? I guess she she thought she was going to have a sex paid. And then, uh she was in a mine. (laughs) I'm like, what is going on? And then they, what? Didn't they do some, like, work some juju on her or something? It was crazy. Um, as far as some blood. They made her drink some blood and then they threw her over a cliff. <laughs> and then she became the mother. I, I, I that was so weird. I'm like, okay. And yet I could not press on. <laughs> let, okay, let, let's, let's do a character that I know because me and Tiffany discussed her before. So I know that we both like her. Oh, yeah. Maud. Who does Maud love Maud? Maud is awesome. She and, really is. And I and I like the inclusion of the Jewish mythology of Lilith. I thought that was at least intriguing in concept. I will tell you, I wished, I felt like Maud was probably the only character in this book that had, to me, the right amount of backstory. Like, you learned where she learned sort of her craft and how she does things and why. There wasn't a whole lot of extraneous stuff. And I appreciated that. It felt like it was enough where I was like, okay, not only is Maude super cool, but her great, great grandma, whatever, is also like pretty badass as well. And then you get to the point, and then she kind of disappears in the middle. You know, her husband dies, whatever, whatever. And then she comes back to the end and kicks butt and saves the day. Like it, it felt like a chain in this story that was well thought out, well described. In just enough detail to me. Would would the story have been stronger had we just if we just stuck with Jim or we just stuck with Maud or we just stuck with someone like anyone like the mayor, <laughs> the gay mayor. Hey hey, why not? Oh Ringo. Um, speaking of Ringo, another person who didn't really come into this story until like it was over halfway over halfway done. Um, I feel like it needed some of those multiple lines, but. Even there was, I think, no sort of main character. Like the first part of this book, it was about Jim. And then it was about Mutt. And then it was about the mayor. And Maud's kind of sprinkled in there. But I can't point to one person who I say completely drives the story. And I don't know. But the structure. Well, the thing is, the thing is, what made the ending, in my mind, work so well is all those elements came together in a like in a way, (laughs) at least somewhat. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it did. And, and I think that that's probably the, the strongest aspect or the best aspect of the book. I think that's I, how this book got published was because the ending, they he somehow managed to pull all these elements that seemed completely bananas, to use your word, <laughs> um, like together man. into a banana shake. Oh, a banana shake with pineapple, <laughs> please. Oh. Uh, you're like, but, yes. I, I honestly <laughs> think that we could have done completely without the storyline with the shopkeeper and his wife in a jar. Like, I don't see how that added (laughs) 
to anything that entire we could have just gotten rid of it, it did but not yeah he wasn't he wasn't even one of the ones who were fighting at the end was he? exactly like he was he it was just there it was just wasting not wasting i'm sorry i'm sorry rs if you're listening to this <laughs> Although you probably have it because you probably are like, what is this cruise discussion? <laughs> we lost him in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we already lost him. So yeah, buffer. A part of the so fight in the end. non-essential. Non-essential. Yeah. Get rid of him. If he had gotten rid of it, we could just pull back like one less storyline. I think it would have been a lot tighter. I, when he ends up getting the, the coach and driving off with him and, um, oh, what's her name? Gillian, because they're bison was girt yeah and they go off i was like he's not even a part of this it no done just get rid of him i'm done with and you there's a lot it was weird it was strange and then you had the guy who got mad because he wasn't taking care of his wife's head in a fish tank and went cleaning the water and i was just like why why unnecessary what, was this book more interesting than a straightforward western no i can't tell you the last straightforward western i read i i I took an entire class on watching westerns but i don't think i've actually read one so i'm i'm unequipped to answer this question okay okay well from uh, my dad loves ponderosa loves (laughs) ponderosa i think he would own the vhs tapes for it not the dvds that's far too advanced for him but it was to me at least it was better than that. Like it was like, like if you're like, oh, this is a western. This is a western with exciting things going on. No, no, okay. Well, no. Uh, my, my whole problem with it was like, I would have been happy with western, just western with exciting things going on. That's fine. But it was so fractured. Like it was trying too hard to be cool, or I guess, or like Wah. it would be like I could see it being a real interesting maybe mini series or a television series where you can get involved with different people and learning their backstories and, and, and having that rich kind of background and then get to the meat and potatoes and the mythology. The, but the as, ultimate, a work, as a book, it didn't work for me at all to the point where I literally couldn't even finish it. The, the biggest problem is that the beginning wasn't interesting enough. Yes. Yeah, so I understand we had to get these backstories of these characters for the end to work. I totally am with that. 110,000%. But he could have done it where stuff was actually happening in the front part of the book. Not just, I feel like a lot of the first half of the book was lots of emotions. And it's like, okay, well, not to say emotions aren't important. I don't know. And I thought there was too much narrative and not enough dialogue for most of the book. Actually, the whole book, the whole book. It should have been more dialogue heavy or not heavy. I agree. I think, and and I apologize, listeners, because I know that in the first episode, I was the person who said I wanted more backstory. This was a little too much in the other direction. (laughs) I was, I was thinking, I was thinking about when I was, when I was getting about to the 45, 50% mark, I was like, I do not need to know all these people's life's lineages. I do not need to know them. Just do something. (laughs) Have the freaking uh, city town folk get together gathering thing. Just have it. Stop talking about it and then backlashing. Like it's like, like the discussions were with Augie and someone, and he was, and it was like, or Jillian. It was like, hey, will you help me cook? And then, and then he's like, oh, will I help you cook? And then he thinks back, like, oh, I remember when I used to cook with with, with my wife who was in a jar right now. Well, let's contemplate this. 
for like the next 10 to 20 pages. Okay, and then and the next line of dialogue in with Jillian is like, oh, I guess I will. I guess. I, I think it's funny that you're trying to explain it. And at the same time, you're having a hard time remembering what character he was having the conversation with. Because there's too many characters. There were a lot of characters. There are too many characters. true story i think there's a there's an amazon review that says interesting concept but scattershot and i think this actually very well synthesizes my thoughts on this book there's just too much going on it needs to bring it in just a little bit i'm also making lots of hand motions that our listeners can't see yeah so am i but even you two can't see it because i'm like but whatever did you enjoy because i enjoyed the conversations between bika and and lucifer those were (laughs) among my favorite conversations in the book because i guess i guess of compared to the other scenes they were the most dialogue heavy and the least backflashy so that's probably and i and i have and i have a thing for lucifer we go back (laughs) did did you enjoy those or was it too much was it too much no, I like those scenes, I think, because I imagine Lucifer and Bika, like, in a bar, drinking a beer, shooting the breeze. And they're, like, having these, like, discussions, these existential discussions about why the Earth is going to burn in a fiery ball of flames and stuff. But Lucifer's very, like, nonchalant about it. He's like, you know, it's going to happen. Or fix it. Whatever. I said two weeks ago, I, Lucifer was my favorite character. I still contend that he was, especially at the end. I loved his conversation with Bika at the end. I was like, I thought it was so good. I don't know. It was, I just, it was like, ah, Lucifer, you, you have my heart. It's like, <laughs> Lucifer has some real talk. He was like, he said, you know, good job, but you're not, no one's going to pat you on the back. No one's going to invite you back. You're stuck here with these people because you screwed up. Real talk. Real talk Lucifer should be a talk show. <laughs> Real, talk Real talk with the devil de- with the devil. Um uh like what what would that Spanish version of that be like uh Hablaus con Diablos? <laughs> <laughs> uh so now now for me, the Bika Bic reveal was a reveal to me. Was that did you know? Because I didn't know. I didn't know. My husband knew, though. He said that it wasn't a surprise to him, but he's definitely more well-read as far as that's concerned. It was a reveal to me, though. Bick, who owns the... He owns Paradise Falls, correct? Mm-hmm. I might be wrong. Okay. And is actually Bika, the angel from the from the stories in the beginning. Oh, my God! See? Doesn't that make it a little bit better? A little bit better? It, it does. I'm waiting for the hook so that I can get sucked in to finish the book you know the sad thing is you're probably gonna like finish this and you're gonna finish the book is what's gonna happen maybe maybe <laughs> not maybe i not. don't know i'm not i'm not reeled in quite yet <laughs> you're not you're not being sold on this conversation oh, you know what i need to do i need to listen to that podcast first yeah you need to come listen. back and do the second half of the book yeah you'll you'll listen to the podcast you'll be like that sounded so awesome i'll read that book it's gonna be awesome <laughs> No, literally the last like 40% moves really quickly. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot going on. Um, And it all sorts to tie together and you're going, oh, okay. I understand why people were acting nutballs insane (laughs) in 75 pages ago. Now it's starting to make sense. And and now it makes sense why that guy got sick in the beginning of the story and we no one understood why because of the the great worm. I don't know. It just... (laughs) So so many things happened. I don't know. Okay, so so let's recap. There's a great worm. 
Yes. Uh, the devil. Mm-hmm. A, a dead woman in a jar. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Wow. The world, uh, they saved the world. The world was going to end and they saved the world. Mm-hmm. And it all happens in 1869. Why don't you want to finish this book? Just a question, because I did not finish the book. Um, so this, this, all these things that happened, has it happened before? Is it a cyclical thing? Is it going to happen again? Or is this the one and only time there could possibly be? The way, the way they made it whatnot? sound with using Lilith's blood, with that's with losing Bika's sword. This was the time that the earth had to defend itself and everything, mm-hmm. everything in earth was lining up for this moment. And it's all better now. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Which, which confuses me because RS Belchler, or I see, I don't know pronounce his last name at all. Um, he said in the, and interest in sci-fi interview that he's going to write, this is, this is hopefully a trilogy or more. So I'm like, where do you go? Where do you go from here? I would like to put in right now that I would like to not read the rest of this trilogy for Nimbus Magnifica, please, and thank you. You know, if he knew it was going to be a trilogy or more, then he could have slowed some stuff down. He could have gotten rid of some characters. No, no, okay. Uh, Well, okay. Slowing things down was not necessary. Okay, okay. Weed out some stuff. You know... Produce things later. I listen to a, I listen to a podcast called Film Spotting. It's about movies, and they're always talking about the stakes, right? What are you playing for? At this point in time, in Six Quintero, you are saving the universe. Like they talk about if what was supposed to happen ended up happening, not only would Earth be destroyed, but hell and heaven would be destroyed too. That doesn't leave you anything else. I don't know where you go. Yeah, where from do you here. where do you, you where do you go? The universe. Like I don't what, I don't know what the next step is. I don't know either. That's it's confusing because like you you can't raise the stakes any more. Yeah, that's exactly the right phrase. You can't raise the stakes any more than the universe is at stake. That's that is the stakes. So it's almost like he showed his hand or something. You know that was the. I mean, because I don't think you could have them have to save the world again because if nothing else bika is much more uh prepared this time to not like do stupid stuff and allow the world to be in danger so i don't i don't know i don't know what he does but i don't see how it can be any more important than what happened in this book from like like, like what is it going to be small town adventures of golgotha i don't i i don't i would rather read this again than read that Maybe it'll be a story all about the mayor and Ringo. I would consider it. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, I enjoyed them. I didn't understand. There was lots of racism in the book. Like yeah. a lot. A lot of it. Like a lot of it. Yeah, but I it- feel like that was of the time. Perhaps, you know, I was talking to my husband who is in the process of reading the book. And I think my biggest issue is that the book doesn't feel genuinely about the 1860s right like if you read uh something by mark twain something that was written back then there's just like a different kind of feel to it it doesn't feel quite it doesn't quite hit that mark but i think as far as the racism and things like that even though it's not necessarily racism against you know african americans or slaves like you would find in the south at that time I think that that was probably the most genuine part of what I imagined that time to be like. Okay, you know what really frustrated me with this book? Okay, not really. There's a lot of things that frustrated me. But among them was 
when he was running away from the Chinaman with the green eye, the Golgotha, the small town of Golgotha, all of a sudden becomes a labyrinth of streets. I'm like, what? Where do these streets come from? It's it's like if you ever watch an old an episode of like the Flintstones, and Fred Flintstone starts running, and he's running inside, and the same like side table and vase pass by every time because they're really just like looping him running this in the same spot. It's like this the, the like never ends. It felt like that to me. Like he just kept going and going, and this town is only supposed to be so large. I I agree actually that 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 stuck out to me as well. I was like, but he did he did hang a lantern on it as they say in the writing world which is like it's like it suddenly happened like like a metropolis or something i'm like yeah you called attention to it but come on come on and i don't even think the chase scene was that necessary honestly jim didn't shoot his father jim shot lottie correct no jim didn't uh he wasn't fighting his father he was fighting the guy who shot his father at the yeah, time but- but then, but he shot Lottie in the process of fighting the person that fought, shot his father. Yeah, he sh- he shot them both. He killed we well, he killed the guy who shot his father, which is Charlie something. And last we see of Lottie, she is on her way to the hospital or to the doctor, and Jim is on his way out of town. I really liked okay some of some of the some of the inflections like the different dialogue things that they used like get with the git. I wasn't sure how I felt about that. But I did like their use of some the son of a bitch. Like it was like some bitch. I thought that was I thought that was pretty <laughs> clever. Like that was like you know that's kind of that's kind of clever. You win. You win this time. No, I, I definitely I, I definitely see where he was attempting to outline some of the vernacular of of what that would sound like. I just I don't know if it was trying too hard or it wasn't quite enough. There was just something about it that didn't ring true to me about. I didn't read this and go, oh, this is the 1860s. You know, it didn't quite feel like it got there. Well, let's, oh, oh, I forgot about it. We have to answer our fan questions. I would like to thank all of our fans for sending us messages because thanks. Yeah, right. That was, that was really, that was really awkward. (laughs) It was awkward because I'm trying to pull them up. So this one's from the word nerd on Twitter. Hi, word nerd. Hey, thanks. Thanks for the messages. This is her this is her question. At one point Vic mentions a series of other bizarre events that that had happened in Golgotha for for centuries leading up to this. Any thoughts on what those were? He's he's been he's essentially been there for before Earth. So what what else happened in that spot? Well, you know, Vic talks this too about, you know, every time like uh, him he himself sort of changing. Like he said that he was like red when he was, I assume, with the Native Americans and things like that. And he continually changes himself to go with the times. And so I assume that he was there with Native Americans. He was there when they were conquered or moved. They were well, there. Yeah, he and, and he, he and talked it, about that. He talked about how he changed who he was right, to exactly. fit the society he was in. And, and throughout the book, they also do mention little instances of things that happened in the past with people disappearing and coming back and things, you know, they, this particular town was used to somewhat odd occurrences happening. But as far as what they are specifically, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, I guess we don't, we don't really know. Um, This is, this is a question I was having. What did you feel about Mutt's relationship with the coyote? (laughs) Well, it's obvious that Mutt, being a half half breed as they call him half native american or whatever 
has, you know, typically most Native American tribes have a lot of spirituality and um, connection with animals and things like that. I are under the impression that we are supposed to assume that at some point in time, he was a coyote. And it felt very Twilight to me a little bit. I definitely (laughs) thought he was going to transform at one point. Right, exactly. he, He didn't transform. I thought he could. I thought he was a were coyote. Were coyote. I don't know. Um, I don't know. But no, yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. Um, so th- there's definitely some, he has some attributes or some kind of strength that he gets from the coyote. And that's why he was one of the few people who could fight Phillips, the deacon, as well as he could, because he's a little bit more than human, I think. Well, you know, okay, there was one word he used all the time. And I don't know if it would have bothered me so much if I didn't just finish reading Soulless by Gail Carriger, but he used the word preternatural way too much. I was like, oh, preternatural. Oh, right. He did. He did. I, I like, didn't even think about that. I was like, okay, we get it. It's preternatural. We get it. We get it. <laughs> you told us already. I swear. I swear you told us. So there was lots of genres in this book. Lots of genres. There was some horror. There was some supernatural. There was some sci-fi. There was some fantasy. There was some Western. The question I have for you two, was there any genres that you felt were missing? Because clearly there was already a bunch. Good gracious. Um, Well, there was, I mean, there was a little bit, but there wasn't a whole lot of of romance. I mean, there was like a a touch. But uh, if we cut out that Augie's... uh, timeline and we we have no romance so no, we, have, we, have, we have we have romance with holly and, and uh, the mayor i guess so i mean, technically you have romance with the mayor and ringo well i'm thinking of romance like when i want to think of a romance novel there are certain aspects of a romance novel that don't show up in this book namely hot steamy sex scenes none you know which i'm is, okay with that I'm I, okay. which is okay you you asked what genres were missing and that's a genre that in what, my okay brain, what about what about hot see me sex scene made the book better well it depends on who it was with <laughs> <laughs> okay I, I i think that it would have had to have been delicately approached um and you started to like there was that when the mayor and ringo go up to ringo's house, apartment house or whatever there was like the idea that they were having hot steamy sex, right? But that you know there was no descriptions, and but it was technically think... it wasn't at the back of the Chinaman's bar. I thought no, it was his... they because they said they went out of the back of the Chinaman's bar, went down the uh... alley, and to Ringo's place, which is the second floor of some other place. But yeah, they went. See, they, I, they, thought, they, I thought I thought it was, was the second. I thought it was the second floor of the of the back of the bar. The Chinaman's no, they bar. Leave, they leave the bar. They leave the bar. Okay, okay, just kidding then. Just kidding. Because I thought I thought the Chinaman was like, we have a nice, we have a nice woman waiting for you, and then that was all pretense. Because he he said, you know, he's like, oh, in this woman, and he's like, hey, Ringo, you want to come help me break this filly? I don't know, whatever. And something really degrading. Yeah, something like that. And he said, even everybody in the building knew probably, but they had to keep up this pretense. And if you go back and read, they actually go back to the back of the bar, go out of the bar, and they go actually to Ringo's place wherever he lives uh, okay okay that makes sense i guess Both. but um i actually don't think that that should be a sex scene like like, like in the traditional sort of literary term because i feel like their relationship means more than, than what that. 
if, yeah. if there were going to be a singular sex scene in this book, I don't think it should be there. I It could be anywhere else, but I, I think that is pure. It needs to kind of stay like he did it. That's my opinion. Well, let's let's go on to something fun that we that we did last time and i hoping that we could keep doing it is movie potential maybe maybe and dream castings oh i like this question movie I think, potential i think i think, I think this, the book has movie potential if this was an hour and a half movie it could have been an awesome hour and a half movie i would agree because you could cut out a lot of the the first half of the book could be taken care of in the first 10 15 minutes of the movie with just like some you know well-placed tightly knit scenes or flashbacks and then the rest of the movie could be all about the last 40 percent of the book i think that it would i think it could be any uh, dream castings that you have in mind? I yeah. Um. Ooh. Let's see. Ooh. I would okay, definitely. Um... I would. I would like. I would like a powerful someone. I don't know. I don't know. I want to put someone. Someone in that mod spot. I feel like that's a big deal. That mod spot. Okay. I would like Dennis Quaid to play the mayor. The mayor. Okay. Yeah. I think. I think he could do that really well. Plus, he already played a gay guy in um, Far From Heaven, so he he could do that. He's already experienced. Oh. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> um okay and then for mod oh but you need like an older lady that can kick butt well not older but like um uma thurman nah i don't know I don't, that's a, I that's don't a know. good one i uh, mod i feel like is a difficult casting choice of of them all like i agree she, she has she has, to, she has to be she has to be a lot of things she has to be a, really attractive she has to be older and she has to be able to kick butt and that's that's a hall order. It's a tall order. Heather Locklear. But she okay. doesn't look older. She doesn't look older. She is she, she look- older though? Is she's she? like in her early fifties. Okay. I mean true and, and like she doesn't look it, but she is. I don't know. Make, I makeup think- can age you <laughs> a little it's bit. It's true. It's true. Yeah, that I don't know. That one maybe would be a difficult one. No, yeah, I have to think of that. Yeah, we might have to get back to that. And then what other characters are we concerned about? You want to think about who's going to play uh, Gerda in the head, in the jar? Oh, my God. No, <laughs> I tell you, those jars remind me of Futurama. I think that's I think that's a straight up Futurama <laughs> reference. Straight up. OK, what's sad to me is this was sold to me as a steampunk Western, that kind of. And it, there are it some elements. There wasn't enough to even say it. I feel like it was there, but not like, I wish it was a little bit more there, I think. Well, I mean, it wasn't sold to me as a steampunk Western, right? So I didn't pick it up expecting that. So when you saw even a little of it, it was, it was like, oh, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. But if someone said this is a steampunk novel, then yeah, I I would have probably been a little bit let down. I think a little. Yeah. I kind of was, I was like, oh, well I, there was, it saddens me because there's so much I loved about the book. Like I liked I liked the characters a lot. I thought it was really interesting who the characters were and their stories. I just thought the as I said fifty thousand times now that the beginning was just done in a way that wasn't that didn't emphasize anything exciting about them, and that would have made it better if they would if you would have made if you would have compressed the first half into half of its size. It might we might this might be a completely different discussion right now. Completely. Yes, completely. Absolutely. Uh do we, do we have any a little needs a little tweaking. And he didn't need a little tweaking. But I I approve of him trying and I think overall I enjoyed the book. 
I will be rating it three stars though on Goodreads. Are you are you are you on I Goodreads? Think that's fair. Are you on Goodreads? I should be, shouldn't I? I'm not, yeah. no. Yeah, we should I all should, be on Goodreads so that. we could so we could so we could be like judging each other's progress on the books. Or or you could be judging ours because you'll be oh, done. Or lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or lack thereof. You're gonna or be done thereof. with the books. You're gonna be done with the books. You're like, oh, like, oh, that's you're like, oh, that's my count for the second time through the book. I already finished it once. That's what that's this what one, this one was hard. This one was difficult. Did the you make first, it through a second one, time? I, I no, I went back and kind of picked spots that I thought we would talk about so I could be well versed on them but no i thought i started to but uh no (laughs) but then you remembered the drudgery but okay you said something at the beginning that the that you didn't think the bet the second half was the better half so do you contend that the first half was the better half oh no the second half was way the better half i said at the beginning that you you said that the book got way better and i said that is debatable it got better but i don't know if it got way better okay I, th- I, was, I thought you were contending like the first half was the better half. I'm like, oh, really? no. No, 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 no. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 So in a month, I have to look at what date. Do you know? Do you have any issues with any recording dates in mind? Yeah, I got one day that I can't make, which is. Oh, by the way, iOS 7 calendar sucks. So bad. Oh. It's the worst, and iOS 7 is such a battery suck. Um, I cannot do the 27th. Okay, Uh, well, that's good, because I was was planning on having us record on the 20th. How does that sound? That's good. I am free that day, yes, in the evening, yes. Yes, we are are recording A Princess of Mars, October the 20th, and it's going to be awesome. I think... I could I could tell you right now as I open up my Kindle app, I believe, and it's free, so that's something free. Free now. Did you buy two copies for you and your husband, or is he using your Kindle copy? No, he's using my Kindle copy. Good, good, good. I was like, please tell me you did not buy this book twice. I okay, no, this will be the second book I read on the Kindle because I can't. I mean, I like reading paperbacks all, all well and good, but I won't spend eight dollars on a paperback when I can get the Kindle for free. Okay, the Kindle says that A Princess of Mars is 188 pages. So. Oh, man. Yay. Baller. See, that I should pick all the books. No, I'm just kidding. Balls. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so we will, we will meet back on October 20th for A Princess of Mars, and then we'll meet back in November for two episodes, one for Catching Fire and one for Clockwork Orange. And that, that, is, the, that is the plan, right? So get started now. You are now you know what we're gonna do. So you can go ahead and get to reading. And Catching Fire is the movie, not the book, right? Yes, yes. We're doing we're doing Catching Fire, the movie, not the book. We're only doing one book a month. And the that book is Prince of Mars and Clockwork Orange. And I wanted to announce Shira's December pick today, but she's not here. So alas, we will have to wait at least until October twentieth for to find out that pick. That's okay. It'll be more <laughs> exciting then. And then next month, uh, we're also going to announce our fan poll, all the options on the fan poll. So, oh, fabulous. So that's good. So I think, I think I'm going to pick four and have each of us uh, like 
defend each one of the <laughs> things on the pole. Okay. And it could be it could be oh, really boy. exciting or it could be really lame. Sometimes I I'm not. I'm so not sure. going to defend a western. <laughs> Good to know. No to western. Know. Yes. No western. There's no chance you'll do a western that you'll. No. Okay. Good to know. Good. Good to know. Right. Okay. So that's it. And uh, you could see. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna put this at the beginning of the show too, even though I haven't recorded it yet. Uh, you could email us at nimbusmagnifica at gmail.com. You could tweet us at nimbusmagnifica. I'm at Edward Giordano. She's at Tiff Langston. She's at Bree Starshine. Shira is at Miss Winter Soldier. And yeah, that's it, right? Yeah. Yep. And you can listening. find our site at uh, nimbusmagnifica.wordpress.com. That is true. That is true. It's a very pretty site. We talk about it all the time because it's pretty. <laughs> Just like you. Oh, so true. So true. You are. Thanks. <laughs> Have a nice night, everyone. Bye. You're welcome. <laughs> Later. So my old job, before I got this job, I used to do PR for our local zoo, and we're one of only four zoos to have pandas, and I would come home and tell my husband about all the things they go through to try to get the pandas to actually procreate, and he's like, you should just let them die. Like, they don't want to live if they wanted to live. It would be easier for them to have children, or babies, cubs, Aww. whatever. <laughs> just let them die. Well, I mean, he's, he's got a little bit of a point, because mm. pandas only... Female pandas only have a fertile window of like 72 hours in an entire year. Uh So it's difficult.